it's Sam and Scott from Ship It Studios Premier Wrestling Podcast, Above the Ring. And Sam, let's talk about Riverside.fm, the leading podcast and video creation platform that's changing the game on how creators record their content. Riverside.fm allows you to record studio-quality audio and up to 4K video on their platform. Now you can interview a guest a thousand miles away, and it will sound like you're sitting in the same room. Did you know that it's as easy to use as Zoom, but it gives much higher quality audio and video recordings? Did we mention that they have a mobile app? This allows guests to connect directly from their phone and record content from anywhere. After your content is finished, you can easily grab clips to share them across your social media channels. So if you're looking for a platform to put over for all your recording needs, from podcasts to webinars to other video content, you should be using uh, Riverside.fm. Sign up today so you can focus on your content and leave the quality to Riverside.fm. Use promo code SHIPIT and receive 30% discount on the first three months of your subscription. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. Time for yet another SmackDown study. It's your SmackDown study for January 7th, 2022, and we have entered the multiverse of wrestling. Strange, strange things happened tonight. Some of which I never thought I'd hear. Other parts that perturbed me a little bit. We'll get through all that. But SmackDown, in its own right, good show tonight, as always. Um, SmackDown, while they have taken a little bit of a dip since the draft, which I kind of expected um, with the majority of their best wrestlers moving over to Raw, it's actually elevated Raw's product, uh, but it has kind of dampened SmackDown. But still, they've done a good job with it, and this show, like I said, was pretty damn good. So, fresh off of being medically cleared, as Pat McAfee said, COVID tested positive for Roman Reigns and not the other way around. The tribal chief himself made his way to the ring, mic in hand, stating that obviously he wanted all of New England to acknowledge him, and then stated that here are two people that he does not want to ever see again, one being Brock Lesnar, the other being Paul Heyman. And magically, the moment he says that, Brock music hits. <laughs> And out to the ring comes the new WWE champion, Brock Lesnar, with Paul Heyman in tow. Now, here is where things begin to get a little interesting. So, he gets in the ring, or they get in the ring with Roman. And... Roman basically says that he wants nothing to do with Brock because he basically, you know, gets advocated for by Paul Heyman. And, you know, or I should say, like that trash Paul Heyman. Brock obviously wasn't too happy with this. 
and neither was Paul. And Paul went into this whole like, you were my everything, and I loved you, and blah 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 blah. And Brock was like, "What? What did you just say?" And then Roman tells Brock not to talk to Paul like that. And then Brock gets in Roman's face. Paul then tells Brock not to talk to Roman like that. And I'm just like, we got ourselves a love triangle here for Paul. Like, what's going on? Like, I literally tweeted that office meme of Jim going, what is going on? (laughs) It's literally, I had no idea, but I'm here for this. I love that this has turned into something absolutely ridiculous. Um, I know, obviously, with Roman, unfortunately, getting covid it kind of messed up plans for day one, which I'm assuming would have had something to do with Paul helping Brock win the Universal Championship. Uh, but obviously, this is a whole nother bag of something. <laughs> and I'm I'm very excited to see where this goes, because obviously with Paul there, it's just. Yeah, it's just going to be good. So I look forward to seeing what happens with that so after that we get Sami Zayn backstage being interviewed and then is politely interrupted by Johnny Knoxville who if you remember stated that he wanted to announce his his uh, eligibility for the Royal Rumble he wants to enter the Rumble and, and become world champion after he wins it at you know wins it at WrestleMania so Sammy basically says what most I would assume people would say to celebrities that you don't belong here this is not you know whatever it's not jackass and his in Johnny Knoxville's uh, uh in his example, and it's just, it was kind of hilarious. What Sammy was like, I'm, I'm listening to Sammy just kind of run him into the ground about it. And I'm like, you know, where are the lies? I don't really see them. But we'll get to that in a little bit. So our in-ring action kicked off tonight with Sammy Zayn taking on Rick Boogs. Um... His was his final tr- know, final uh, obstacle before he takes on Shitsuke Nakamura for the Intercontinental Championship. And <laughs> let's just say, obviously, Boogs is out there. He does his guitar stuff and Nakamura's entrance. And Pat McAfee, God bless this man. <laughs> he gets up on the commentary table. He has this like miniaturized WWE championship and he's air guitaring this thing literally almost on actually probably on top of Michael Cole and Michael Cole is trying so hard to be professional, but even he starts breaking out laughing as (laughs) just going to town. Um, I need Shinsuke and Boogs to always be on SmackDown because this needs to never stop. Matt, Pat McAfee needs to continue to go ape shit every single time those two come out. It's just, it's so uh, fantastic to watch. 
Um, and of course, after all of that, <laughs> he's so winded, he can't do commentary for like the first couple of minutes. And Cole completely calls him out on it too. He's like, you need a minute? <laughs> Pat's like, I can't breathe. It's okay. <laughs> Pat McAfee completely winded after Shinsuke Nakamura's entrance. You love to see it. Absolutely hilarious. So the match is going on, and it was a good match. Boogs, really, he surprises people. Um, I'm glad that you know, they're able to give him the opportunity to wrestle because even in NXT, you really didn't see a lot of him. He was always doing the house shows, and obviously, I never got a chance to really watch him live, so I didn't really get to see too much. So every time he gets a chance to wrestle, he always does something that's just like, holy shit this guy can really go and he the way he suplexes people is just it's ridiculous and i truly appreciate it (laughs) so towards the end of this match sammy rolls out of the ring and purposely goes over to nakamura to start talking trash about how he's going to take back my intercontinental championship and what does he do he gets back in the ring he immediately gets rolled up by boogs and loses the match so congratulations sammy you played yourself good job so as nakamura and boogs are celebrating they walk away sammy's obviously irate bitching to the ref and whoever else will listen in the crowd johnny knoxville runs into the ring and throws Sami Zayn over the top rope. I nearly died laughing. Absolutely outstanding. So Knoxville then gets out of the ring, starts walking up the ramp, and then there was an announcement made that because of this, Johnny Knoxville has now been... (laughs) He has now been given a spot in this year's Royal Rumble. So all he needed to do was prove that he could throw somebody over the top rope. And he even said that during his little backstage argument with Sammy that he didn't need to learn how to wrestle. He just needs to know how to throw people over a top rope. I'm like, well, I mean, again, no lies. Okay, that makes sense. And he did it. And hey, guess what? Now he's in the rumble. So this should be a lot of fun. Um I'm assuming that it's going to be probably something quick. Um, part of me is kind of hoping that this ends up turning into an elimination by Kane because he, he seems to be the, the one to take out the um, the celebrities. He did it with Pete Rose. He did it with Drew Carey. It's just it just it seems fitting. Plus, I I would love to see the mayor come back one more time because, as many people know, Kane is my favorite wrestler of all time. So. Anytime I get a chance to see him out there, I, I will not be upset about it. <laughs> but segueing into things that I was not too pleased about um, tonight, we had Charlotte Flair come out to the ring and discussing the Women's Royal Rumble. And WWE did then did something that both shocked... And personally, I was just not a fan of. They announced 18 people for the Rumble. The unfortunate part is they revealed legends, people who we never thought would be back. One, obviously, including Mickey James, the current Impact Knockouts champion, who 
by the way, by the time this comes out, Hard to Kill for Impact will be happening on Saturday. She faces Deanna Perrazzo. If she wins that title, or if she retains her title, then she will walk into the Rumble wearing the Impact Women's Knockout Championship. That right there alone on a WWE stage. First of all, acknowledging another company exists since WCW. That hasn't happened. Number two, Twitter blew up. I I hadn't seen so much Forbidden Door talk since they were working with AEW. And people finally came to the realization that it wasn't AEW that was the Forbidden Door. It was always Impact Wrestling. They've worked with like seven different companies in the last year. It's insanity. And I, and the fact that WWE alone even entertained this is just mind-blowing to me. They've been so isolationist when it comes to wrestling that the fact that they mentioned Mickey at all, especially after what happened with her after she left, the whole getting her stuff sent to her in a trash bag. They've done constant like jokes about it on Impact as well. And the fact that she's in the Rumble, could be walking in with a competitor's title belt. And just the fact that she's coming back, probably just for this, is insanity. Well, we had we we had multiple former WWE wrestlers who work for Impact comment on this. We had people like Josh Alexander, obviously Scott Demore, uh, Matt Renthold, who was uh, the drama king. It's just it's insane, and I can't believe <laughs> that this is actually happening. So. The, the part that I don't like is that they spoiled the entrances and the surprises. Just thinking, I mean, I can understand that now because of what happened, what's happening with Impact. I get it. But like the other people, like the Bella Twins coming back, you know, Kelly Kelly, you know, um, Summer Rae, uh, Elita, like names that, you know, I was like, holy shit, that's, that's awesome that they're coming. But it's like, why couldn't you just let that, be a surprise for people. That's the best part of the Royal Rumble. The Royal Rumble, for me, it's my favorite pay-per-view of all the pay-per-views when it comes to WWE, and probably all of them, period, because there's that, always that air of mystery. You don't know who's going to come out. Obviously, the majority of them will come out for one show. That's great. Everything's fun. And then they go back on their, you know, wherever they're going. But it's just like, now you've taken away five, six, seven surprise entrances for the Women's Royal Rumble. Now, I get it. Yes, there's still 12 spots that haven't been announced. There's still the majority of the men's side. I get it. There's still room for surprise, but it's just like, I don't know. I I guess I'm a purist when it comes to the Rumble. I don't want to know who's going to be there. I assume, obviously, it's going to be people who are on the roster now, but I want to be surprised when somebody decides, you know, to randomly show up. Like, the last Rumble I went to was the one in in Philly when Roman won and everybody booed him out of the building. The third entrant was Bubba Ray Dudley, and I lost my mind. It was insane. I just, those are the types of things I love. Like, you don't know who's coming. But it's just, 
it is what it is. It, it's happened. I'm over it. My initial upsetness is is, is 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 over. But I just hope they don't do any more. Don't don't tell us anything else. Let us be surprised in the end of January when this actually happens. Unfortunately for this, as much as I love Deanna Perrazzo, I need Mickey James to win at Hard to Kill. <laughs> I need it. I want to see it with my own eyes. Her walk down the ring, the ramp, with the knockouts title around her waist. So go, Mickey James. <laughs> but while all that's happening, Charlotte then herself, who is the SmackDown Women's Champion, has decided to enter the Royal Rumble herself. So she's pulling a Brock. This also makes me think that Becky Lynch will probably do the same thing. And then those two will probably eliminate themselves or each other or who knows. It, I, shenanigans are coming. It, it just, I know it. But doing this while Charlotte's talking, Naomi ends up coming out to the ring. Naomi looks to be the next in line. She wants herself a title shot. Charlotte's like, I don't think so. What have you done? And Naomi slaps the taste out of her mouth. Charlotte goes to attack. We go to break. We come back. And hey, look, the ladies are fighting. But of course, wherever Naomi goes, Sonya Deville is not far behind. Sonya decides not once, but twice, maybe even thrice, Changing the rules uh, to no longer be uh, no countouts, no disqualifications. The match can only be won by pinfall or submission. So naturally, that works to Charlotte's strengths. Charlotte does end up getting the victory, but we need to have our Sonya versus Naomi match. As much as I am enjoying this feud, it's getting dangerously close to that i don't care about this anymore you know they need to just have their match at the rumble or maybe have them both be in the royal rumble and naomi eliminate sonya something just give us something and we can move forward with this after that we had our or at least for me my favorite part of the show happy talk <laughs> with uh baron corbin or I'm sorry happy corbin with a mystery guest and of course with the mystery guests and conspicuous by his absence we don't have madcap moss out there and corbin's like well you know kind of played it off like maybe madcap had had not you know been medically cleared and saying, but you know who is blah, blah blah, and they start and they show the the video package of what happened to Drew McIntyre after the match with the brawl and him getting his neck smashed and 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 whatnot. So apparently the guest is Drew McIntyre. Corbin has him come out, and of course, lo and behold, it's just Madcap Moss in like a kilt and wearing pants under the kilt, which is even more hilarious and talked in a scottish accent for the entire time it was ridiculous and i loved it because it's yeah it's stupid tv but it's hilarious to me so i enjoy it <laughs> um but of course there are certain people who did not enjoy this and those were the viking raiders and they ran down to the ring for their scheduled matchup with corbin and moss but corbin and madcap moss get the victory so all is well on smackdown and we move on. 
to your main event of the evening. It is a street fight for the SmackDown Tag Team Championships as the New Day challenge their greatest rivals ever, the Usos. And this match was wonderful. The only problem that I have, and WWE has been doing this a lot lately, and I don't understand why, is whenever they have these like no disqualification, straight fights, whatever, it starts as an actual tag match. Like there are tag rules, and it's not just an all-out brawl like it's supposed to be. And I'm like, why, guys? Why do you do this? Don't devolve into something. Just start as a fight. That's what the whole point of it is. It's essentially a Texas Tornado match, but you're treating it like a tag match in the beginning. Why? It does not. It does not comprehend. Figure it out. <laughs> but this match was insane, like it is. And the Usos, once again, using this, I'm assuming that they got the blessing from the boys. And I say the boys, I mean the Dudley boys. They finish off Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods, our king, with a 1D, a one and done, through the table, get the one, two, three, and retain their SmackDown Tag Team Championships. Absolutely fantastic show. The craziness, though, does not stop there. Earlier in the evening, Adam Pierce was given the responsibility of picking Roman Reigns' opponent for the Royal Rumble. And he had informed Roman that he made his decision, but Roman's like, unless it's you, I've smashed everybody else on this roster, so it doesn't matter. Get out. He wanted to watch the, the Usos have their match. so. The match ends, and then we hear a knock on Roman's door, and it's a familiar theme. I didn't catch it quite at first, and then by the end, I was like, wait, is, wait. The door opens. Roman's face kind of gave a little bit of a surprise look to it, and the pan and the camera pans, and it's Seth freaking Rollins. Oh my God. Seth is next in line. Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins for the Universal Championship at the Rumble. I haven't seen uh, its official um, tweet from Adam Pierce yet, so I don't 100% know, but that is definitely what it's been led to. And let's just tell you, Twitter was very happy about this. Um. Yeah, this match is going to be glorious, and I cannot wait. If they pull the rug from under us and, and don't have this match, I'll be very, very upset. But that tune that I was talking about when, with the knock was the old theme sheet, uh, the old shield theme. Yeah, it's just... <laughs> so that's how this show ends, with... Seth Rollins staring at Roman Reigns and then begins his evil laughter of amazingness. So, yeah, highs and lows in this show, at least for me personally. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, You know, you get a reaction out of me. That's really all that matters at this point. (laughs) Um, 
I look forward to what's going to be happening next. Obviously, the Rumble is not until the end of the month, so we still got, you know, three weeks plus. It's going to be good. We got some building to do, especially now if we have both title matches set uh, with Brock taking on Bobby Lashley on Raw and then Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins on SmackDown. So for the WWE and Universal Championships, respectively, I look forward to it. But that is it for tonight's show, guys. Thank you once again for listening, as always. Thank you for listening to my rants. I appreciate you all. <laughs> and if you don't already, please follow us on Twitter as Above the Ring. You can find us on Facebook, on Instagram, and on YouTube as Above the Ring as well. You can find myself everywhere as Scotty J Stream. And you can find this podcast on basically every podcasting platform that is out there. If you do listen to one that we're not a part of, let us know. We'll add ourselves to it. That way you can do all your one-stop podcast shopping and add a little bedlam to your day from Above the Ring. Guys, once again thank you most appreciated i hope you all have a wonderful weekend i hope you enjoy battle of the belts and hard to kill from impact wrestling most importantly though do not forget to ship it and join the bedlam good night Welcome to the All 80s Movies Podcast. I'm Bill. And I'm Jason. And this is the podcast where we talk about the blockbusters, the flops, and everything in between from one of the freshest decades for movies, the 1980s. So whether you're a brain, a jock, a valley girl, or a Jedi, we've got some 80s classics for you. Do these movies stand the test of time? Are we discovering something new? Is there an 80s movie we're finally watching for the first time? Join us each week as we dive into the cinematic nostalgia that inspired and influenced a generation. From the hits to the cult classics, we'll discuss our earliest memories, favorite scenes, fun facts, and our not-so-favorite movie moments, too. It's the All 80s Movies Podcast, now available on all major streaming platforms. Please subscribe and happy listening.